Hey guys, welcome to Not Just a Hashtag Podcast, presented by Trees of Hope. I'm your host, Nicole Escobar. On this podcast, we will be discussing the epidemic of sexual abuse, its realities, and the unfiltered ways in which it has affected all of our lives. We share our personal stories and how our lives have been restored. While this podcast is for everyone, we do want to let you know that we use several trigger words, and this is geared more towards adult audiences. This podcast is for anyone who wants to educate themselves on the statistics behind sexual abuse, signs to look out for, and how to prevent it from happening. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 60 of Not Just the Hashtag. I'm Nicole. What's up, Kristen? Hey, Nicole. Oh, so glad to be here today. Good to see your face because you and I don't get to see each other much at all. We don't. Yeah. And so listen, we're, I think we're both kind of really looking forward to today. We, um, we've been talking about the podcast and everything and really um, have wanted to change things up just a little bit. And, and I think what you're going to hopefully hear today, those of you who are, are listening with us today, um, is just a kind of a more conversational um, just to talk, you know, together. So I think this is, we hope and we pray that this is going to, um, continue to be encouraging to you, but I think that you're, we really think that you're going to like this, um, newer format that we're going to do of just really more talking than, um, having maybe the four or five points, that kind of thing. So we're just glad that you're, you're here with us today and, and we hope that you enjoy this. You know, something that I thought was really important, Nicole, like you and I talked about, right. Is just, um, we're here because of trees of hope, right? That's the whole reason there is this podcast. So, um, Nicole, being the executive director and everything, please, I think it's really good that we spend some time just talking about trees of hope. What's the mission? What are, what are you doing? What's going on? Because I know there's someone out there listening, if not more than one, um, that maybe doesn't know all of what trees of hope is doing, how we got here and how they may even get help. Yeah. So Trees of Hope was founded back in 2008 by a woman named Dee Prieto. And basically she at the time was working for a organization that helped women who had become pregnant and now um, are, are underage and now need a place to live because for whatever reason, they can't live where they live currently. So she basically had been sexually abused when she was a kid and it had shown itself out throughout the years um, in her life in various ways. Um, But at that time in her life, she recognized like, this is something I need to deal with. It's not something I can continue to ignore. It's not something I can deny or whatever. So she goes online, she Googles um, Christian healing study for sexual abuse survivors And what popped up was our curriculum that we currently use right now. It's called Shelter from the Storm. This curriculum has been around forever. It's written by doctors, um, psychiatrists, uh, a doctor and a psychiatrist who used to run this very big practice that dealt with victims of sexual abuse. So from there, she went back to work and went to the women that were in this home and said, hey, anybody want to do this with me? And if you know Dee, you know, like she's... She's like, um, she's, she's like a hype man, you know, she's going to make it happen. <laughs> she's the recruiter. Yeah. yeah she's the recruiter. She can get, yes. She's a recruiter. She's That's a great label for her. Um, yeah. so she went back to the ladies and said, 
if you've been sexually abused, like I know some of the trauma some of you women have been through. Um, if you want to do this, I'm willing to do it. Let's do it at my house. So five women signed up or or said, yes, I'll do this with you, plus D. So D basically reads the information, um, kind of takes on the facilitator role, but also recognizing that she's walking through the program herself. So from that first initial class, that those five women who started, only one woman continued on and finished the program. But it was from that class, that, that group, that D really went before the Lord and said, God, I'm willing. And if, if you are, I will do this. And it will be hard because like you see, I had five women and not everybody stayed. I'm willing. Can you show me, direct my path, show me how to do it. And I'm willing. I just, and really I imagine because I know D I see her with like hands opened before the Lord, just saying, here I am just standing before you with open heart, open hands, and I'm willing to go wherever you lead me. And from there, you know, her prayer was, God, please bring supporters. Please bring volunteers. Please bring people who are passionate about that. And God is so faithful that he absolutely did that. And I had heard about Trees of Hope through a girlfriend of mine who ran a human trafficking ministry at uh, the local church that I went to. And so I went on a walk one day and I saw, I went on a walk with this lady that I knows that knew D and we bump into D and D she goes, um, Nicole, this ministry trees of hope, you should consider going through the program. She's like, it's so awesome. These women get healed. Their lives get transformed. She's like, you really, you know, cause she had known about my past. And I said, Oh, okay. And I basically, when I met her, I was like, D I'm like, I don't want to talk with her. I don't want to look her in the eye. I like basically was, I didn't want her looking at me because I was, I was so, I never had really uttered the words other than in private conversations with friends. And I didn't like, I was worried that my aura or like something was gonna, you know, send a message. So Mm. that was my first run in with her. And to be very honest with you, I hoped I never heard about the ministry trees of hope ever again in all my days, because at that time in my life, I had this, you know, crafted facade for so long that I was very comfortable, although it wasn't working for me, it was working for me, that I didn't want to ruffle any feathers with myself, deal with it or whatever. But this is what I learned is that you can be a Christian woman. You can be in leadership. You can be volunteering every day. You could be doing all the right things and still have this one area of your heart that has never been touched or healed by the Holy Spirit or dealt with really, or acknowledged. That's the bigger thing. Acknowledged, then dealt with, then then allowed the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Which to me, my intimacy level, my intimacy was affected by that with God, right? So if I was able to go through life and sort of act like this thing didn't happen, trust me, I was doing that with God as well, not only in my personal relationships and myself. So from there, um, I did not hear about Trees of Hope ever again up until 2014, which, oh no, I take that back. So then I went, I started working at the Good News, which is a local Christian newspaper. And um, 
my editor wanted to do an editorial on the ministry. And I was like, awesome, but you can go. I am not going. You can go. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Absolutely. And he came back and said, that woman D looked through my soul and told, basically Mm -hmm. told me all the things that I had gone through um, by just looking at me. And, you know, she asked a few questions about my life and you know, that was my, that, that was the rumor that was like the, the word on the street about her. So it was very much like, dear God, let me never run into this person. Like ever. (laughs) I'm going to be seen. I'm going to be known. Right. And it's so true, Nicole. Like, I think that's so honest because that's, it's scary to be seen and known because what's going to be the end result of that. Right. What could be, what could be the end result of being seen and known, right? We're afraid we're going to be, are we going to be judged or rejected or any of those things? Well, also, yeah, all those things, but also like, I didn't even see and know that area. So I didn't even, well, I, I knew of it, but I had pushed it away or put it in its nice little box of like, let's not deal with that. Um, the minimization box. And then, um, to be able to even put words into play of what that was, was like, it's just, I found myself very often and, and also going back and forth of, did this really happen? Did it not, you know, sure. did I make sure. it up? Did I, is this fake? Um, am I making a bigger deal out of something that was experimental? That whole thing. So fast forward to 2014, um, God is so funny because I'm now working at another Christian place that happens to rent Christian, um, that rents buildings or office space to Christian people, organizations, and D happened to be looking for a a place to go to put trees of hope. And of course, my number is the only number that she gets. And so I just, you know, I laugh about it now because I see God, how he was at work the whole time. And he's such a pursuer. Like, I don't know, like, I know you're married, so you know how to, you know, when your husband was pursuing you, it felt so good. It was amazing. It was magical. Well, to know that God was like, that's the one. And I'm chasing her down no matter how much she thinks she's in control of her life. I'm going to chase her down. Um, so now I I'm there, I get this phone call from D and now I'm forced to meet with her. I tried to get my boss to meet with her and it couldn't, I couldn't get it to happen. And I ended up meeting with her the minute I met with her. It was like within 20 minutes, she's kind of asked the question and I had my curated response ready to go because I knew she was going to ask And from there, she just basically said to me, you need to deal with this. Stop minimizing. And to be honest, at the time, I really Mm. didn't appreciate it. But now looking back, I want to give her the biggest hug in the world because thank God for her and her willingness to, for a woman she's never even met, as tough as I came off and she didn't have any fear about saying to me, you need to deal with this. Stop minimizing. And so I walked her to her car and she said to me, as I was walking to her car, you're going to be my executive director of trees of hope. And I was like, lady, you don't even know me. I'm like, you're crazy. I didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I did not know that. Wow. So we sat down. Um, there was happened to be a bench right there. So we sat down and we prayed. Um, and 
I had asked her why she, you know, why me or whatever. And she's like, well, some of them are vanity reasons. Like you're sharp looking, you have like great qualifications, you're Christian, you know, you're, you've been in this world, you know, people. And then she said, but I, when you get healed, you're going to be a very, a force to be reckoned with. And I was like, yeah, like I knew I was very bold and strong and courageous, but I didn't realize that I could be in this arena. So mm-hmm. I did walk through healing. She ended up emailing me like the next day. There's a class. Um, I happened to be running a group. I was like, oh, okay, for sure. So I did, I went through the group and I walked through healing. And from there, I became a um part-time employee. And then um basically she had challenged me almost daily. You need to leave your job and come here. And I was like, absolutely not. I cannot do that. Um, but then I just took a leap of faith and my husband and I went on a well at the time, he was my boyfriend. Um, but we knew we were getting married, we knew all of that. And so we went before the Lord and just said to him, kind of like what D had said, is here's my life, use it however you feel. I'm here. Um, I want to be fully surrendered to you. I want to go where you want to take me. And um, here I am. (laughs) So, um, you know, all the years later, I'm now the, I've left that job. I've been here for many years. Um, And then 2019, D came to me and said, um, I'm at the final leg of my journey. And now I want to hand the reins over to you. And to be honest, I was like, this is, the most honorable request anyone could ever ask of me to, you know, be the leader of something so important and so useful in our community. It, you know, it means the world to me. Um, but then also to speak about D in that way as well is that not many leaders who are over over anything really are willing to let go and say, I recognize I can't bring this to the next level. And I see somebody who can, and therefore I need to step back and do let them do what they need to do and do what only they can do. Right. And so that was a really beautiful moment in our history of me being able to see, um, a leader step away well and well and hand off well. And so, yeah, I mean, and, and it happened right before COVID. So it was very scary. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, what do I do now? This ministry is like, I'm ultimately responsible, you know? And so like, what do I do? And Dee has never left me one moment to by, by myself. You know, she's always stepped in to help me. She's always, called people, said things in community, um, as she's speaking with leaders, always, um, shifted and raised up, you know, my role and what I do. And I'm very, very blessed by it, um, to have that support and to always have like, you know, that mentorship and that person behind you rooting, rooting you on. Now she's in a, yeah. she's in her right role, which is my hype man. I always tell her, I'm like, you're my hype man. Like, you just, <laughs> you're always pumping me up. You're always making me feel, and we need that in our life. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's majorly blessed by this ministry. And then from there, I have tried to make trees of hope, the go-to organization 
in our community for all sexual abuse prevention and healing resources. And so, you know, not only do we serve women, which is that shelter from the storm study that I, I went through myself, but um, we went to a donor. We asked him to help us make that, that curriculum our very own. And that this donor was absolutely on board. He's a numbers guy. So he saw the, the, how, how much it could bless our ministry. And honestly, I'm so grateful for him because, because of what he did, we now have our very own, we took that curriculum, we, we redesigned it. We, you know, made it a little bit different, but same content, same, you know, outcomes that would come from it. But at the same time, it's different. Um, and we created from that all of our other um, resources, the one for men, the one for teen girls and the one for teen boys. And so it's really been a huge blessing. Um, we also have prevention material for every stage of life. Uh, we have, um, you know, go on our website. There's so many things I could sit here and talk for hours about what different services and products that we offer, but please go on our website. But I kind of want to share really quickly why we started the prevention aspect. Um, So, you know, D had been doing the healing groups, kind of carrying the load there. But one of the same reoccurring themes was that women had been sexually abused as children. And so I think she was, she, she, I remember telling me a story of like watching a movie or a documentary, basically when it was talking about the atrocities of sexual abuse in children and how prevalent it actually is, but a lot of people don't want to talk about it. And she just went before the Lord fell on her knees and cried out and said, I come to you again with a heart of, I want to do this. Like, how do I protect these little children? And so she went and put together, I saw the PowerPoint. I was like, oh my gosh, this was successful. Like it was, it was bad. But at the same time, it was D presenting it. And you can say that. Hold on. You can say that that because why? I am a graphic designer. So (laughs) I can say that. You can say, yes. Um, So basically this prevention material was just God awful, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she presented it so well and a yep. church, a local church allowed us to present. And in that one um, per- workshop, a woman heard the message of go home, talk to your children about the anatomically correct names. Make sure you talk to them about who at who is your safe people who are not your safe people. And so she went home, talked to her husband. They went together to talk to their son and the safe people were her and her husband. And they found out that one of the unsafe people was the neighbor who was touching him and sexually abusing him. So obviously she's now horrified. She calls D the next day. What do I do? Oh my God. So D guides her. But that was the, um, basically the catalyst that told us we were on the right path and that this is necessary. And I cannot tell you how many times we've been at a prevention workshop or something and we bring that story up or we mention other stories that were kind of pivotal in our ministry. And somebody comes and talks to me privately and says, you know, um, I, I just found this out yesterday, or this has just happened to our family. You know, what do we do? And so, you know, 
we not only have resources for survivors, but we also, this year, uh, our heart is to create, we have it already written, ready to go, is to create a devotional sort of uh, Bible study kind of thing for parents of kids who have been sexually abused. Because I'm seeing it's not only obviously affects the child and, and their life and their trajectory, but it also affects the family dynamic. And a lot of times it causes lots and lots of shame in that family. And there's a lot of secrecy that goes on and the dysfunction happens and that doesn't want to be talked about. And this study I'm hoping will help heal some of the wounds and give courage to the family to fight against the toxicity that now that probably has been in their family for a very, very long time and mm-hmm. led to maybe some of the secrecy that has gotten them here. And it's not blaming, it's not blame shifting or anything. It's just about how do we heal and yeah. also take ownership of our lives. Sure. Sure. Have a, a an eyes wide open yeah. view of it, of it. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool, Nicole, that you guys, that's like the next thing that's happening. Yeah. So we also I really, mean, really we have cool. some There's awesome, really great other or um, resources. But again, um, if you are not on our newsletter, please get on it because we have about seven different and we have current projects on our website. Please check those out. I'm, I'm so excited about all of them. Please check them out. I don't have time to go over each one, but please, please, please check those out because um, I think they will bless many families and protect many families. Yeah. And I think, um, it's so amazing that all of this is, I was talking to you about this before, right? It's so amazing that all of this is available too, because, um, help is out there. Like you, trees of hope is here to help. And, and I know your heart of like not wanting anything to get in the way of that. You just have to reach out and ask for help. Yeah. And, you know, I hear a lot from people say things like, do you think trees of hope you you think trees of hope's the only way that people can get healing and no absolutely not so when we talk about when we meet people and we say hey we really encourage you to go through healing yes that is one of the avenues in which since i'm the representer of trees of hope that i'm going to point yes. you to sure but i know the val- invaluable um effect of counseling I can sure. So I think if you can couple counseling with um, going through the group study, you're going to leaps and bounds. The reason why I'm always an advocate for the group setting is because there's something about being a part of a group of women who've been sexually abused, who are the only people on the planet that get what you've gone through, that understand when you talk about your feelings, your emotions, how it triggers you, all these different things, they get it. They don't have to have gone through the exact same thing. They just get it. And yeah. so it, in a way, it and I say this, and please don't take it this way, it normalizes what has happened to you. And what I mean by that is I'm a mom. And as a mom, I, if I were to hang out with my brothers all the time who don't have kids, I would feel like a lot of the things that my sons do is really odd behavior. And like, do I need to get them checked out? Right? Like one of the things is my one um, foster son smacks my actual son all the time when he's walking by. Uh, do, Do I think he needs to be checked in and he's got an anger problem? No. When I actually brought it up to another group of moms, they're like, oh, girl, 
please wait till oh my gosh they, they're gonna he's gonna try to kill him like actually kill him and I'm like oh thank god oh and they're like yeah that's you know basically they're saying like I see you but also like I wish you weren't here because I had my mommy all by myself so it's nothing right so it's not it it normalized what I thought at one time was like I was ashamed of. I was like, oh my god, I never want one son to be in foster. I mean, in daycare or go to Bible study or anything. So I just say that because it's such a beautiful thing to be in a group where you're able to talk about things that many people have gone through, but not many people are courageous enough to talk amongst other people about. Right, and especially this topic because there can be so much shame felt, you know, that's one of the things of course that, ha- that happens when we're talking about sexual abuse is that one of the after effects is shame. Yep. You know, the person ends up feeling like something is wrong with them. It was their fault on and on and on lots of shame, which is, and shame tends to make us hide and, and be silent. Right. So, um, giving people, helping to give people back their voices you know, in, in these groups, these healing groups is just really, really amazing. Very yeah. powerful. Yeah. And I can think of all the times I sat in my sessions with my counselor and talking about the same thing. It, although it was very freeing and although it gave me a lot of life um, and it gave me a lot of courage, it wasn't the same as when I'm reading my letter amongst other women who've gone through the same thing. Mm-hmm where I'm expressing my rage towards, you know, the person or the situation or my, um, you know, the whole, the whole, my family, the dysfunctions of the family, all that stuff. When you're able to be in a group and I I call it a sisterhood because it's only comparable type of relationship, the sisterhood. Um, and they're wiping their own tears as you're sharing your story. It's, it's there's so nothing powerful. like it because as a counselor yeah. I mean how many times are you sitting there crying when you're you know your person is crying a lot of times you want to keep it together right and even though it may be- right that's part of our training it's true right yeah. it is part of our training is is you know so anyway which way yeah it's it's true different dynamic entirely different dynamic so yeah wow Nicole, thank you so much for sharing that too. And so just like she was saying, um, that's to the website, treesofhope.org, right? Yep. Treesofhope.org. We just came, we have a brand new website up and running. Um, and we have all of our resources on there. We have all of our merch store. So we have all really cool merchandise that you can get where you can basically represent, uh, trees of hope in a cool way, or even have the conversation started. Um, you know, like for instance, one of the hoodies is there's hope to be found with like a really pretty design. You know, someone may read that and be like, Hey, what's that shirt about? And you can share the story from there. Like, Hey, I went through a program called trees of hope, or, um, I've got a shirt that says, um, uh, made to be free, created to be free. And Mm -hmm. it's an, also like an edgy design. And someone could ask you like, Hey, what's that about? And you can get into it. You were, I was created to be free, but I was stuck in bondage from something that happened to me. And so I wasn't living my full freedom and now I am. And now I want to represent that with my shirt. That's really beautiful. Well, switching gears a little bit, just like I said at the beginning too, um, that the podcast is here because of Trees of Hope, right? 
So this was really um, born, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But out of a desire to just another avenue to help and get the word out and and help and encourage people and talk about healing and all those things. So um, I'm just honored to be able to be a part of that with you, you know, as well. So, you know, today I think it's probably, probably would be really helpful to start talking a little more about sexual abuse, right? And like, for anyone, again, you may be a new listener, you may be a listener that's already been hanging out for a while and, and we haven't gone over this, but some people may be sitting here listening and saying like, well, well, I think maybe this happened to me. I don't really know. Like what is sexual abuse? Yeah. Well, I'll give you my prevention um, workshop definition. It's it's very general. So obviously give us something that's way more detailed and specific, but I like to say sexual abuse is forcing somebody to do something sexually that they don't want to do and without consent. So obviously when they don't want to do it, that's obviously not consensual, but to add the reason why we add that non-consensual part is because a lot of times there can be sexual abuse when it comes to a dating relationship, when somebody is drunk, Um, it can happen when somebody has already given consent at some other time. And now, you know, there's sexual abuse happening, um, because they thought that they, they, well, we did it one time. So why can't we do it again? So they take from this person as opposed to, you know, doing it in a loving fashion and, and consensually. So it can also happen, um, in a, uh, uh, it doesn't need to be an adult and a child. It can be two children. It can be a te- two teens. So it it definitely um, is a general thing. But in addition to that, a lot of times sexual abuse does not just start through touch. It starts through a psychological and emotional uh, crossing of boundaries that then goes into touch. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's many examples of non- touch, uh, non-contact forms of sexual abuse as well. Um, but go ahead and give us the really definition of like, you know, from your psychological book, that is probably way better (laughs) than mine. (laughs) No, no, no. This it's so good. What you're saying it's, it's right on too. Right. And listen, any of you, I know listening can even do a Google search and look at it and you're probably going to find a fairly good definition. Um, I'm going back and forth if I want to read, like basically it's from the wounded heart. Sure. Love that. Book. Right. By Dr. Dan Allender. Right. Yeah. And so this is, and he really goes into very specifically the different types of, um, of abuse. And so he categorizes these, these are contact, just like Nicole was saying, the interactions um, where this is someone hasn't like touched the person. It's non-touch, but there's interactions that are going on that are sexual in nature, um, such as exposure to pornography. If someone exposing themselves, you know, to a child or another person that has not, you know, consented to that happening. And of course, psychological as well. So um, I don't think we need to necessarily get into every single detail of this, but I think Nicole has definitely um, said it right away, right? This is without consent. And when we're talking about children, consent is not even a thing because it's not it meaning there is no consent period when we're talking about a child and an adult there is no consent there because um nothing like that should ever be happening with a child that has anything to do anything sexual in nature to do with it so i think it's important again that we you know anything that looks like that 
looks like maybe what we have spoken about. Um, it's okay to ask the question of yourself. It's okay to then ask someone who is a trusted friend who um, you, it's okay to go onto the trees of hope website and look, you know, it's okay to speak to a counselor and ask, you know, I, this happened, this felt weird. Was this sexual abuse? You know, there's, those are good places to start. And like, did some, like, was this wrong? Was this bad? Because a lot of times that's kind of that first step. Like this felt weird or seemed wrong or something felt weird or seemed weird or I felt strange around this person, but I don't necessarily know what happened. That also is a possibility. And, you know, as well, that you just felt odd about the person and maybe nothing happened. Maybe something happened. You can't recall. And that's okay too. You know, meaning wherever you're at, it's okay. Um, you can still ask for help or you can still seek information or you can still um, seek out and or go through a process of healing. That is kind of the first place to start. Again, this happened or I think something happened. This feels weird. When I think about this person or something, I start to feel sick to my stomach. I feel pressure in my chest. I feel like I'm overwhelmed. I have so much anxiety, you know, that kind of thing. Those are, those are cues that your body is giving you that some trauma has likely occurred in one way, shape or form. Can so, I add something there? Please um, do. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of times that's going to probably start with an internal dialogue as opposed to a dialogue that somebody's going to have with, um, another human. I say oh, yeah. that because I think of, right. Like what, Every situation that I was in where I felt all those things or somebody pushed my boundaries, my, um, or, you know, definitely sexually harassed me or whatever is a lot of times I was like, did that just happen? Am I reading too deeply into this? Was I, um, did I did wait? No, it was what I was wearing or that day specifically, I giggled too hard or whatever it was. So it's always like this internal dialogue of like, and that shame comes right in. It's like, it's a, sure. it's right there. It is a f- unfriendly, um, instant response. A lot of times when something like oh, this yeah. happens to sh- shut up, silent up, don't say anything. You misread that. Do you, you're yeah. reading too deeply. Um, and that, or going the other direction is who you think you're that hot that somebody would actually, you know, those types of things. I don't even, I mean, my mind could go in 20 different directions. Um, so just saying like, it's hard to get the courage. And I know, you know, this to get the courage, to get to a place, to even go, I need help. Something just happened. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. No. And I agree with you there. I think that it is very much an internal dialogue or even a battle, right. Or wrestling back and forth or an awareness. And then you very quickly run away from that awareness because it can be very overwhelming, you know, um, or it's just, listen, I think I, we also have to honor when it's just not your time you're not ready yet to look at something or face something we write as therapists or even like for yourself, Nicole, right? Like, like running trees of hope. We wanted to always be the time now, now is the time for healing. Now is the time to deal with something. Right. But it's just not always the time that people are not always ready to look at 
um, to look at everything that has happened or to kind of face the truth of some of these things. So if you're that person today too, we hear you, you know, and so, and there's help when and if you're ready, you know, and maybe your big step is going to be listening to this podcast for a whole long time and that's okay too. Yeah. You know, so when, and if you're ready, there is help. Um, there's help available to you. Like, like all the stuff we talked about today or whether it's therapy or something, or again, maybe it's just talking to that safe person, just reaching out and saying like, just muttering the words or excuse me, uttering the words, just like Nicole, it's like you said, it's so huge to take that step of even doing that me feel like I'm going to die if I say this to someone or if I say this thing out loud that may have happened or I think may have happened, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but there is potential for healing and freedom on the other end by having the courage to do that. But we also get when sometimes you're not, may not be ready. Yeah. And, and why the, one of the reasons why I personally make sure that our messaging at trees of hope is always we're here, anyone, anywhere, whenever you're ready. Um, if you've been thinking about this, now's the time kind of thing is because I don't want to lose um, the reality that if you don't deal with this and you don't, um, if you ignore and minimize, the bigger problems in life will become, right? And so we can only carry our crafted facades for so long um it's going to show its head in some area of your life so i mean i'd like to meet somebody who's been sexually abused who i can they can honestly look at me and say i don't have intimacy problems i don't have areas in my life like with uh like um interpersonal uh, problems with people. I don't have issues at work, you know, cause it's just not, it's not or, or control issues. Yeah. Right? Boom. Yeah. That, that right there done. Oh yeah. If, <laughs> if you don't have any of those, you have a control problem um, or, yeah. or maybe an eating disorder or yeah. a dependency problem on alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. So my point is, is that that's why it's important for me as the leader here to say time is of the essence. Um, you may not, you may not, you may not have the same energy that I do in that way. And that's fine. My hope is that what happens is that when you read our messaging, when you hear different things that you are spurred on to run, run the run towards it as fast as possible that's always just, that's just my thing because I recognize, um, I recognize when it did, when it clicked for me, just the pace in which I went after that was very fast. And what God did with that was very awesome because. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, but at the same time, if you don't go at this pace, if you don't deal with it, I'm not saying your life is going to crumble and be junk. What I'm saying is, is I love you enough to do what D did to me and challenged me to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, though, um, you were just an encourager too, Nicole, honestly. I mean, you really are. And so I think, um, but was, was, I think what an important part of that story that you shared too at the beginning 
like your journey with this, right? Was just that there, there was a, a good amount of dragging your feet at the front end. Oh, right. Sure. Of yeah. saying like, oh gosh, and I'm going to avoid her. So that may be somebody listening today sure. where you are dragging your feet and you're like, no, 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 I'm not turning this podcast on again. And I'm definitely not sending it to anybody because if I send it to someone then someone's going to know that something and sure. before, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're just, we're here. I, I think that's just what I, it, the most important thing is we're here. We definitely understand and I think you would get a whole lot of empathy too, you know, um, from being a part of any of these groups or reaching out for help, um, reaching out for counseling, whatever it is, you know, um, this yeah. is hard. This is hard stuff. Yeah. And one of the things I've learned from doing these with you for so long is that, and I never used this language prior and I'll tell you why is the fact that it is a very courageous thing to do the hard work, the healing journey. I, like I said, I never used that type of language before because it took me and you know, this, I came to you and I was like, I'm really struggling with this. I don't know why it seems more courageous to not talk about it. I think we had this conversation early on and you were like, you said something to me and it was basically along the lines of like, are you kidding? Like that, the the most courageous thing a person could do is kind of exposing what's happened to them and not really letting what other people say about the story affect them kind of deal. And I was like, and it took me a minute to, to wear that proudly. Right. And, mm. and I think the reason was, is that, um, I think what it was is that I didn't want to feel, I felt weak in admitting what had happened to me. Like I felt too. You're probably vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Too vulnerable, too, too exposed or too like, like, wait a minute, this tough girl didn't, didn't stop that from happening. Well, like, yeah, you were five and like, you weren't miss yeah. go beat everyone up who touches me or looks at me wrong. Yeah. You know, and yep. the reason why that is so special to me now and important for me now is because um, I do have kids and I, I am over them. And one of the things that I want so desperately is for them to stay innocent and stay their age because they deserve that. They deserve yes. to see the world through these very innocent eyes. Yeah, and agreed. And to think that I was that child when that was, you know, taken away from me, I now see why I became what I became, you know, years later of wanting to beat everyone up. You know, there was a rage and anger inside of me. And so I, I just, you know, going back to the point of like, take your time, but also if you're hearing this and, you know, you need that sign of this is your time. I'm your girl for that. I'm going to encourage you on and say, let's go. Now's the time. Yeah. Because at, ultimately at the end of the day, I want to see you healthy. I want to see you thrive. I am thriving right now. And also not only thriving and people may be like, what does that even mean? Thriving for me is that every day I get to wake up before God and say to him, do with my life as you would have me, as you would have to do, please. I want to follow and walk in your ways however I can. That 
there's a lot of risk that comes with that type of prayer, as in God's going to ask me to do big things that may be very scary. And now if I haven't dealt with these areas, which, which, you know, God obviously will take you at your, will take you, he won't, for instance, he wouldn't have asked me to become, maybe he would, wouldn't have asked me to become a foster parent when maybe seven or eight years ago, because to be very honest with you, I wasn't in a mindset. I was very self-absorbed and very hurt and wounded. So I couldn't pour out when I wasn't even, you know, healed in these areas. But when I allowed God to pour in, I became a vessel of pouring out. So I say that because when you deal with it, you end up becoming this like selfless person who just starts thinking about other people. You know, a a friend will have a birthday and, you know, maybe in the past you didn't want to go for whatever reasons you have the courage to go because you recognize just showing up really makes this person feel loved. It's yeah. just, you know what I mean? And so there's, yeah, there's space for it. It's almost yeah. like there's space for it now. Yeah, That's that exactly right. It gives mm-hmm. space for these emotions, these feelings, yeah. yeah, this other part of you that you didn't know was there. Like I, my husband always said to, he says to everybody, she's my marshmallow. And that I cherish that because he sees the real me. He knows that on the outside, I'm a tough cookie, but on the inside, I'm really a very soft person. And I have big, big emotions and, you know, you mess with one of my people. I will, you know, you'll know. And I, I'm very fierce in that way, but I didn't know those things. I didn't know the marshmallow side of me because I didn't allow space for that. And now that I have, I'm very, very proud of that woman because she's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And I never thought she was even there. And when I cry now, I'm, I'm grateful when I overreact to something, I explain, I explain the reasons, you know, to myself and to the other person. I'm not ashamed of it anymore. Um, when I do something stupid or say something stupid, yes, there may be a quick moment of shame, but I'm able to talk myself through it because I've learned disciplines and practices through the shelter study that has made, helped me understand what's truth and what's false beliefs. Right. So, you know, it's just the person I am today. If I met her uh, seven years ago, I would I wouldn't even I wouldn't know this person at all. You know, man, if that's not an inspiration for inspiration, right, that's right. That's beautiful, Nicole. And thank you for sharing, you know, for for continuing better said, continuing to just share your story and, and yourself with everyone. I think it's a great, I think that's a great place to end. Gosh, we're so, yeah. we're so glad, right? Whoever yes. joined in today and we have more to talk about next, next time. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to keep this conversation type going this uh, episode. We really wanted to be back to the basics. And from here, we're just going to keep talking about sexual abuse, how it affects us. Um, and, and just hopefully this will just be like sisters on a couch chatting about life. And not the dark and gloomy part of the sexual abuse, but always hope and, and just, you know, just glory to God. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that.
All right. Well, love you guys. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe even consider rating the podcast or share it with one of your friends. It really makes all the difference. For more content from Trees of Hope and to connect with us, go to treesofhope.org. We love you. Bye.